Everybody bless you. Thank you so much. Praise the Lord. Bless you. Good morning. Praise the Lord. Good to see you. Good to be with you. I, I love being back with you. I love every time I come. You got more people, more walls kicked out, more parking lots taken over. And, uh, it's just exciting, man. What a great 2023 you guys had. I love seeing that uh, uh, roundup to see what happened and then to see the photograph of the of the new stadium thing that's going to be so cool wow i and uh, you're there i i will be interesting to see how you guys connect all this stuff and uh, i said first service so maybe pastor mark will fly in like batman through the back of a deal and come in <laughs> on a cable or something i don't know whatever whatever it takes to get people's attention but what a wonderful year are you ready for 2024 yeah. we're we're uh, what a what a great time to be on the earth to watch scripture come to pass right in front of your eyes I mean, you, you're living uh, and watching the Word come to pass. Things that were prophesied thousands of years ago, uh, how would it be wild that we would be that group? Praise God. We're so blessed. And I, I, uh, I don't get to see Pastor Mark. We talk some, but just I appreciate he and Pastor Amy's thought pattern to do the will of God and to pre present Jesus to everybody. And I love that everything that he gives you is going to make you different, make you changed. And you can invite anybody to come with you to church. You know, they're going to be blessed. You know, you don't have to go, oh, Lord, I hope it's, hope it's a good service. You know, you bring a friend. No, uh, we, we've been around a lot of those churches, but this is a different church, man. There's, a, there's such a spirit of faith, such a spirit of victory, and it's all Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. If he be lifted up, he'll draw all men unto him. So I love how Pastor Mark always points people back to that. And I know uh, there's going to be probably some unusual things for this year for you guys. I don't really understand all of it, but it'll all be good, be fun, be different. Uh, watching people get saved. And I like that you're here because he said, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as some would do especially as you see the day approaching. And boy, if we pay attention to anything that's going on, you can see the day approaching. Things are happening so much, uh, you know, with Israel. Think of the war that kind of started in October 7th. You've got Israel surrounded. You've got uh, Hamas in the southern part of Israel, which is uh, basically sent by Iran as a terrorist organization. On the northern part of Israel, you've got Hezbollah, which is sent by Iran to be on the northern part. Now, they have 200,000 thousand missiles and they aren't just rockets but missiles that they can fire exactly where they want to fire them and then you have the the folks in Yemen the Houthis they're sponsored by Iran set there by Iran and they're coming in from this side so Israel is completely surrounded so what a time to watch uh, uh, them have so much pressure on them eventually we know uh, they're going to cry out and uh, the Antichrist is going to come on the scene and give a perfect solution but it'll have to get really bad but I'm telling you it's just horrible what's going on but we pray for them we bless them but really it's just a part of all that's supposed to happen right here before we leave and you hate to see that but boy it's a setup for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords come on it'll be every, you know, every movie you see where the hero comes in at the end of the movie and saves the day that's coming from the Bible where Jesus is going to come back and rescue Israel right there on the Mount of Olives uh, the Bible says he's going to walk through the valley of Megiddo, and he's going to quote the word, I am the root of Jesse. I am the first and the last. I'm he that was dead. Behold, I'm alive forevermore. I'm the Alpha and the Omega. And you talk about the King of kings and Lord of lords. I mean, at the second coming, he's got some different locations he's going to come to. He's going to go to the Mount of Olives. He's going to go out to Petra. Uh, I like what uh, Isaiah saw him said, man, uh, who is this uh, with garments stained in Edom? Uh, 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 and glorious in apparel, radiant in strength, Jesus of Nazareth. Woo, hallelujah. Amen. What a, what a time to be living where our king gets altered. I, I ask the Lord oftentimes, what's this season about for, for, for us and for you, Lord? He goes, the Father always says it's about the Son being magnified, about the Son, every knee will bow. 
Every tongue will confess that he's Lord, the glory of God the Father. You think about the first coming of the Lord where he was spit upon, mocked, and ridiculed. Woo, not this time. Every knee's going to bow, and he's going to be lifted up and exalted. Hallelujah. So great things ahead. How cool to come into this at the end of the church age when all of a sudden everything gets uh, wrapped up. And we see the plan of God come full circle. I hear a lot of people go, well, I don't want the Lord to come back because i got so much in my heart. Well, it's because you're not done. You're going to live forever. Praise the Lord. Amen. So get excited. The rapture is not an ending. It's a beginning. You're writing your resume for what you'll be doing during the millennium. That goes over real good. Good night, everybody. Drive safely. All right. Start the car. I'll be right there. No, he said, if you're faithful over so much, you rule over two cities, you'll rule over ten cities. So we're, we're, we're set up for this next dispensation. You know, we're just coming to a, a starting point, praise God. And look what you guys have got accomplished right now before we leave. Won't it be fun to look back and go, man, we were doing that in the midst of the curse that was on the earth, preaching the gospel, glory to God. So great things ahead, wonderful things ahead. So this morning we'll get into a little bit more about the coming of the Lord. We'll see where we are. We're going to look at some signs or what we could call signs and signals or markers to show us how close we are. And you know what? There's nothing bad about it. I, it amazes me. We'll do end-time conferences, and a lady will walk up to me, and she'll be crying. She'll go, I've been lied to my entire life. Every single conference, they'll go, uh, I was told it was going to be scary. It was going to be bad news. There is no bad news for the church. Amen. I mean, there's a couple of things, like men will be lovers of themselves, so we have selfie sticks. That's kind of weird. And, uh, you know... <laughs> Uh, how odd is that? I was in California, and this guy had two selfie sticks taking pictures of himself. I almost got hit by a car. How would we ever think that there'd be a time where we'd take photographs of ourselves continually? Praise the Lord. That's weird. Well, uh, you know, the Bible says that we would have itching ears, and that's kind of the way it is sometimes. You know, some congregations, uh, they want to hear what they want to hear. No, we want to hear what heaven wants to give us. What does heaven want us alerted about right now? Heaven wants us alerted that time is short. And do everything you can do. Be more of a soul winner. Do, be all in. Don't be on the edge. Don't be a, on, the, on the sidelines. No, be all in with every part of your life. Spirit, soul, and body. In the old Pentecostal days, my mom drugged me into this in 1970. And, you know, they would always do this. I went to Ramah uh, 44 years ago. Heard Brother Hagin in 1970. They would always end up meetings where everybody would come down front. And the preacher would come by, the old Pentecostal preacher would come by. Wham! That hit you on the head. Do the will of God. I'm like, man, was that necessary? <laughs> I, I could feel the guy's ring. I go, that, that was your school ring. What was that? You know, <laughs> brass knuckles. You just laid hands on them in the back of my head. And, you know, oftentimes I thought that was extreme. But, you know, it's almost like God, God doesn't want to have to shock us. But this is it. This is it. This is it. This is it. Uh, Jesus is about to come. So let's, let's give it our all. And I always uh, equate it to being in a football game. I love college football. And if I watch the quarterback and he doesn't seem like he's paying attention to the play clock, it freaks me out, man. I start yelling and screaming like, hello, come on, you don't have any time. Why? Plays are more crucial at the end. You can drop the ball at the beginning, but you can't drop it at the end. So you've got to be paying attention. Uh, he might call an, the quarterback might call an audible. Uh, in other words, there's just a lot of things to be where we're flexible. Uh, this is a season of flexibility, and there's one word that comes with what we're going to get into. As you approach the rapture of the church, there's one thing the Bible says about it uh, six times. He wants us steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as we know that our labor is not in vain for the Lord. But there's something about the steadfastness. And look at you, even though I, I don't know a lot of you, some of you I, I've seen over the years, look, think of the strength that you have in you this morning. 
There's a strength in you that you're not moved by what you feel. You're not moved by what you see. You're moved by what the Word says about you. See, you are steadfast. Isn't it great the Holy Spirit already saw you, what you'd look like? He saw you. He said, you'd know your God, you'd be strong, and you would do exploits. Don't you like it? That's what heaven's already said about you? Well, good night, everybody. Drive safely. Come on. Praise God. We're, we're doing it. So let's pray. We'll get right into all this, this information, all these signs. We'll be blessed. Father, thank you for sending Jesus to die for us. So, Lord, we, we could never, ever thank you enough for giving your life. Amazing that you let yourself be beaten for us. So, Father, we as individuals and as a church, we, we contend to walk in the full measure of what you left us 2,000 years ago. And, Lord, we see you high and lifted up with your train filling the temple. We see you as God. Thank you that, Jesus, we can call on your name and live forever. So, Father, we thank you for what you have in store for 2024. We thank you for uh, such a season of overflow, a season of heightened awareness of the lordship of Jesus, awareness of what happened when he was raised from the dead. Lord, we thank you for that, that being imparted to us that we have dominion. We have the name of Jesus. We have the authority of the word of God. And we thank you for such a, a season of victory for every person in this room. We thank you for it, Father. We give you glory. We give you honor and give you praise. In Jesus' wonderful name, everybody said amen. amen. Turn, if you would, to Matthew 24. These are some verses that we've heard a lot of about how close we are to the coming of the Lord. And let's get into this for a little bit. Let's look and see how we can tell where we are. You know, when I said that about my mother, my mom kind of scared us all in the ministry. When I was a kid, she'd go, the rapture's going to happen tonight. I'd go, what? <laughs> I mean, I'd go to bed every night, Lord, I love you. Well, you, 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 know, you know, all that stuff, it was scary, but at least it made you either, either you were haughty or humble. <laughs> and I didn't want to miss the rapture, you know, and, and it's wonderful we don't have to be afraid about that. But it's sad that it's gotten such a bad rap. But no, 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 it's all fun, all good, it's all cool, it's all wonderful, and there is no bad news. Now, the book that we had come out this last year, there's like 80 signs, and I, I, I asked Clarence Larkin, he's an old guy that knew end times real well, I asked to use his charts 20-some-odd times. They turned me down almost 20 times. Finally, I told my secretary, I said, ask them one more time, and they let us have it. So it's got a, some charts in the back of the book that you can glance at it and see where you are in time. Real easy to understand. And there's a scratch and sniff page where you can smell what the rapture's going to be like. <laughs> no, there's not. Praise the Lord. <laughs> There's not, praise the Lord. So <laughs> let, let's, let's see why we get into end-time preaching. We get into it because uh, uh, it gets us ready and prepared. And because uh, for every one verse there is about the first coming of the Lord, there's eight times more about the second coming. 31% of this book is prophecy. Over a third of this book is prophecy. Why? So God could show you that he's God. It brings authenticity to the Bible where he's telling you what's going to happen before it happens. So we're privileged and blessed that we got our dad watching over his word to perform it. But let's go here to Matthew. The Lord's going to give us some things to look at to show us the climate of what it will be like right before he comes back to the planet. And when it comes to end time preaching, the Gospels, you, you only get the second coming doctrine from the Gospels. You get your rapture doctrine from the epistles. So you got to be careful if you put some gospel things on the rapture, you'll feel like you don't qualify. Remember he told them, pray that you might be accounted worthy to escape all these things and stand before the Son of Man. I don't have to pray to be accounted worthy. I am worthy. So see, the tone changes after the resurrection. 
So, so pay attention to that because guys on TV tell you gospel verses and try to put that on the rapture and you'll feel like you don't qualify because you don't. You don't qualify until he was raised from the dead. So talking to Jewish boys there, they need to, to get everything right. So let's go here to Matthew 24 and the Lord will clear some things up for us and make it super easy to understand. Matthew 24 verse 1, Jesus went out and departed from the temple and the disciples came to him to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said, See ye not all these things? Verily I say unto you, There shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. And I love this. He gets into detail here when they ask him. As he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be? What shall be the sign of your coming and of the end of the world? Now, really, it's the end of the age. The end of the world, that's a bad translation. So they're asking him. It's a normal question. What's it going to look like? That's a normal question to go, how can I tell where I am? And then the Lord gives them some information to show them kind of the climate just before the rapture. And then he kicks over into the tribulation in verse 9. From verse 9 to verse 22 is tribulation. So before he gets to verse 9, he's going to tell you what it's going to look like. So he goes, okay, take heed that no man deceive you. Many will come in my name saying, I'm Christ and shall deceive many. You'll hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you're not troubled. All these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There'll be famines. There'll be pestilence. There'll be earthquakes in diverse places. Well, he says, all these are the beginning of sorrows. And the word sorrows, there's the word birth pains, or we'd say contractions. We don't use that word sorrows. We, Jesus is trying to say just before he comes back, or just before that seven years starts, there's going to be pressure on the earth. It'll be just like a woman going into labor. How many of you ladies, when you started going into labor, it started getting so intense that you said, I got to get to the hospital, and you started obeying it. You didn't go, hey, I'm, I'm bailing on this deal. No. <laughs> Even if you decide, I don't really want to do this, you know, it's get to the hospital time because they get so severe. And Jesus is comparing, there'll be so many things happening on the earth that it's severe enough to get your attention. Now, you know, what, what you focus on, though, how many of you ladies, after you had your baby, you didn't go, man, I love those contractions. Those were, uh, those were spot on. No, you, you, you weren't magnifying the contractions. You were magnifying the, the baby. And here Jesus is trying to say something's coming, the kingdom. You focus on the kingdom. So there's pressure on the earth. Yeah, it is, it's, it's basically undeniable. I mean, Oklahoma two weeks ago had almost 3,000 earthquakes in one day. Oklahoma, number one seismic activity of any place on the planet. Who would ever thought of that? The USA Today talked about all the hundreds of thousands of earthquakes that have happened just in the last 10 years, and they were all in Oklahoma. I mean, that's weird. So you got strange things happening. You got asteroids. They saw some asteroids last week they had not seen. You got one called Wormwood coming in 2029. Why is that a big deal? I was in the Ukraine preaching 30 years ago. And the Bible says that Wormwood is an asteroid that's going to hit during the tribulation. The Bible says it'll make a third of the waters radioactive. So I said that word, and everybody gasped when I said Wormwood. I said, what's that word mean in Russian? Chernobyl. So see, that's an asteroid that NASA said is going to do a flyby. So there's all these things with the heavens, all these things with what's happening in the earth. But the wonderful thing is, is the gospel's going all over the world. You've got Jesus appearing to children all over Iran. Uh, I have a buddy of mine that just was ministering to some guys in the Taliban. We're on the same flight together. He's, he's this little guy, last name's Muhammad. I want to get a picture with him so I'd look tall, praise the Lord. <laughs> You, you'd never even comprehend what this guy does. He's been to like 200-something nations. Here's a picture of him working with the Taliban. And they, 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 said, well, they said, what are you doing here? He said, I'm on vacation. And, uh, and he's standing there. And this is what this Taliban guy said. This is going to freak you out. The Taliban guy said, I have dream of man coming and telling us story. You're the man in that dream. 
And that buddy of mine preached the gospel to them. That tears started coming down their eyes while he told them that story. So God's already got the guy ready at the Taliban to hear the gospel message come to him. Come on. And the guy's so unassuming. It's just wonderful. We're on the same flight together. It's so cool. And, and uh, so G Jesus is coming. He's coming so soon. So let's look at this and we see why. I mean, Jesus shows us a little bit of what the, what the climate will be like. So don't be afraid. Don't be scared. Uh, the signs of the coming of the Lord to show you where you are, not to bring fear. So there's nothing to fear right now. If you hear end-time preaching and it scares you, it's not Bible. If you, if you hear, and, and, and come on, I have a friend of mine who's a church, 25,000 people, and he said, Joe, I can't teach on end times anymore because it scares my people. I said, then you're preaching it wrong because there is no bad news. Now, for the world, it's a very, very scary time. For the world, it's like unbelievably scary because the Bible says it, what it would be like, of course, but for us, there's no bad news. So we, for us, it's, a, it's an accelerate time, not an escape theology. It's a hustle time. What can I do to get more done in a shorter period of time? I've never seen a person see the finish line and race and slow down. No, they, they speed up. You don't train and train and train. You know, I talk about my daughter. My daughter ran cross country in high school, and I used to train with her on my motorcycle. I was right there with her. I did. I was right, right there with her, and I'm going, you're doing good, Lauren. And she would not be tired after three or four miles, and I'd be tired riding my motorcycle. It's crazy. So uh, I'd go to her cross-country meets on Saturday mornings before I would go out and preach almost every weekend. I'd go to each cross-country meet. I'd come to the first mile marker, and she'd come running up to it. How far, Daddy? How far, Daddy? I'd go, Lauren, you got three or four miles. Pace yourself. You know, then I would cut across the field. I'd get to the next mile marker. She'd come run up. How far, Daddy? How far, Daddy? I'd go, Lauren, you got a couple more miles. Pace yourself. You can do it. And when we got to the last mile marker, she'd come running up. She wouldn't say a word to me. She'd see the finish line, and her countenance would change. She'd go, all that training was for right there, man. She would accelerate. I'd go, I'd scream. I'm screaming, run, Lauren, run, run, force, run. <laughs> Well, you don't train and train and train, and then all of a sudden look at the finish line and go, hmm, I don't know what that is. The church has to get it in their mentality. This is the finish line. This really is it. I hear people all the time, well, you really can't tell when the Lord's coming back. Actually, you can if you can read. Now, if you can't read, maybe someone can tell you about it, but if you can read, it'll show you exactly what it's going to look like, and we're there. We're so privileged to be that group that has to be a voice right before He comes. Hallelujah. So let's go look at it. Go back to Isaiah. Let's look and see why we get into this, and the Lord will show us in the Scripture here why. Look at Isaiah chapter 46, and it, we'll look at verse something. I can't find Isaiah. lost it there for a minute. Here we go. Come on back, Isaiah. Isaiah 46, and what's amazing is, I still can't find it. It's amazing that I can't find Isaiah. <laughs> What's, what's cool is he's going to give you a couple of verses that are probably some of the best witnessing verses in the Bible because it's hard for people to refute this because you're going to give them truth and it's just extremely clear. So look at Isaiah 46, look at verse 9. He says, Remember the former things of old, I'm God, there's none else, I'm God, there's none like me, declaring the end from the beginning and from the ancient times things that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. He's just saying there, this is how you can tell the Bible is authentic because I'm going to tell you the future before you get there. Only a God can do that. So how blessed are we that our Father's watching over His Word to perform it. It actually says He's alert and active watching over His Word to perform it. Oh, come on. So it's flawless. Listen to the first ten names of guys in the Bible. I know this is a lot of info, but watch how cool the Bible is. 
And there's even way more than this. It's just, it just takes too long to get into. But listen to this. Adam means man. Seth means appointed. Enos means mortal. Canaan means sorrow. Mahiliel means the blessed God. Jared means shall come down. Enoch means teaching. Methuselah means his death brings. Lamech means despairing. And Noah means rest. Put them all together. Man is appointed mortal with sorrow. The blessed God shall come down teaching that his death brings the despairing rest. Gives you the entire plan of redemption with the first ten names of guys in the Bible. I mean, it's, our, it's flawless, our dad. So that's why we get into this. Ezekiel prophesied the year Israel will be regathered. Gabriel told Daniel the year Jesus would come came exactly to the year. So we get into end time preaching because it brings authenticity to the Bible. So when you're around someone, you can give this information I'm about to give you. Look at Luke 21, and let's go look and see how close we are because Jesus is going to give us some info that makes it super, super easy to get. I love it that the Lord didn't go, it's going to be so complex that no one will understand this. Now, the devils try to make it bad news. Most people have you ever heard of, they go, he's coming back and he's going to kill everybody. No, the Bible says he's coming back and his reward is with him. Notice how it gets perverted. Lucifer doesn't want you to be excited about the coming of the Lord because you know what? Your joy brings great strength. So if you want to accelerate, you want more joy. Hallelujah. Amen. He's coming. He's coming. So look at Luke 21, and let's look at a couple of things that Jesus will show us to make it super clear. Look at Luke 21, verse 24. They'll fall by the edge of the sword, and they'll be led away captive unto all nations. And Jerusalem will be trodden down of the Gentiles, or the nations, until the times of the nations or Gentiles are fulfilled. So he says here that they're going to lose control over it, and that happened in 70 A.D. But when did they get Jerusalem back? 1967. It's called the Six-Day War. In that Six-Day War, they got control of Jerusalem again. And you talk about exciting, because Jesus just gave us some timetables here that, okay, when this happens, time's up. And you've heard all the miracles. If you, if you look it up on YouTube, it's called Against All Odds. And this one guy I'm going to talk about, they interview him, and, and this is, they didn't comprehend it even after it happened. They said, we don't, e this is what one guy said, we don't even believe in this stuff, but something happened. It was hard for them to even comprehend a miracle. Well, what it was, was you had 88 Egyptian tanks coming down on Israel, and one Israeli cook said, if I'm going to die, I'm going to go out in a blaze of glory. That cook climbed into a tank, figured out how to load shells into the turret, and started firing shells at 88 Egyptian tanks. One Israeli tank, by, driven by a cook, okay, with 88 Egyptian tanks coming down on him. Next thing you know, the Egyptian commander came out with a white flag. He said, I'm here to surrender the highest-ranking officer. And, and the, the cook goes, highest-ranking officer is just me. And he goes, oh, no, it's not just you. The whole night the countryside was filled with tanks with men dressed in white. You've been shelling us all night. We can't take it anymore. So it's divine intervention. I mean, you, you think about how amazing that is. Some things happened in 1917 with Allenby uh, coming into Jerusalem. And 50 years later, one jubilee, exactly, Jerusalem's one back. And Jesus says, hey, when you see that, time's up. Now, I mean, you could get into a lot more stuff. There's so many other miracles that happened. One of the times they had a big uh, 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 minefield that was there, and the Syrian soldiers were coming after Israel. Israel run out of ammunition. They said, what are you going to do? He said, well, it's been great serving with you. We're going to die. And next thing you know, this huge wind blew through and, uh, and over, exposed every single one of the mine. They walked right through the minefield completely safe. Miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle, because time's up. We're, we're there. We're there. Jesus is about to come back. So Jerusalem being won back is a big deal because the Bible said Jerusalem would be a cup of trembling for all nations. Notice if you live west of Jerusalem, you read left to right. If you live east of Jerusalem, you read right to left. Everything revolves around that temple mount. Everything. 
Everything, you know, one of the times I, I'd taken a tour to Israel, God, this was like 20-something years ago, and I met up with another tour there in Jerusalem, and the Temple Mount where Jesus was there in Matthew 24, it's so amazing, because you can stand there and look at Jesus' address forever. Like, that's his, that's his spot where he'll reign for eternity right there. It's just, it just freaks you out. So uh, I, one of the ladies that had her tour, she, I, I joined my tour up with hers, and she asked me to do communion. I said, sure, I'll do it. So we're standing there in the Garden of Gethsemane. You've got trees, you know, the olive press. That means that where Gethsemane is where they would squeeze the olives and get the olive oil out. And that's where Jesus had that pressure on him to have you know, sin come on him. He, he had sweat droplets of blood. So I'm sitting there in the Garden of Gethsemane getting ready to do communion. And I couldn't, when, the, when she told me this, the lady said, I want you to do communion. I couldn't remember where the communion verses were. I'm with another buddy of mine, like, oh, my God, where are the communion verses? Uh, I know it's 1 Corinthians 11 because I don't have to do it right now. But when she asked me to do that, I thought, oh, God, where are those verses? Where are the verses? So I'm pacing around getting ready to do communion, and I can't remember where the verses are. And that's not a good thing. (laughs) (laughs) So all of a sudden, I have an open vision. I have a vision. It's called discerning of spirits, one of the nine gifts of the spirit. I looked up over the temple mount, and I saw angels everywhere. And I knew it was the most active area of angels all over the planet. And I told my buddy Tom DeMont was standing right there. I said, dude, I just had an open vision. I saw angels all over the temple mount. He goes, you better get back to earth. You got to do communion. You know how your buddies keep you grounded, you know? <laughs> right then, the lady that had asked me to do communion, she said there was an old prayer named Phil Halverson here was standing right there at the Garden of Gethsemane, had an open vision, looked up over the temple mount, and there were angels everywhere. and said it's the most active area of angels on the planet. And I told Tom, see, I'm not crazy. Now, you know what that is? That's Jacob's ladder. See, this stuff is real. That's right where Jacob sat right there. Angels went back and forth up into heaven. And that's the spot where Jesus is going to reign from. So Jerusalem had to be won back. It happened in your lifetime. You, You can trace all these signs to your lifetime. So we're so privileged. So go down a little further. Go down to verse 29 and watch Jesus make it a little clearer. He spake to them a parable. So he said, look at the fig tree. That's the nation of Israel and all the trees. That's the prophetic nations around Israel. Watch this. When they now shoot forth or bud, you see and know of your own selves that summer our harvest is nigh at hand or close. So likewise, you understand that when the trees bud, you know it's going to get warmer. So likewise, or in the same manner, when you see these things come to pass. Now, what's he talking about these things? He's talking about Jerusalem being won back and Israel being made a nation. That's the fig tree budding. 1948, Israel's regathered, a miracle. They came from all over. They'd come from Russia, get off an airplane, kiss the ground. Something drew them back. They get, they get off the plane and go, I don't even know why I'm here. Something brought them back because God said he would do it just before the Messiah comes. So he says here, so likewise, when you see these things come to pass, no. Circle the word no there in your Bible. No. When these things come to pass, no. Didn't say wonder. Didn't say sense. He said you could know that the kingdom of God is close. He said nigh at hand. Now get ready. Get ready. You ready for the next verse? Don't get mad at me. Get mad at Jesus if you're going to get mad. Look at verse 32. Verily I say unto you, this generation or the group of people that sees this shall not pass away to all is fulfilled. He said the group that sees Israel regathered and Jerusalem on back, that's when I'm coming back. So I hear a lot of people go, I don't really believe that. It doesn't matter if you believe it or not. He's, it, it, I mean, there, there weren't people going, you know, God, get Israel regathered. God, get Jerusalem on back. No, he did it all on his own. You're watching, you're living in a time where God's doing some stuff. I mean, it's just sign after sign after sign after sign. Why? Because time is so short. So you see a pressure coming out of the church. There should be a vocalness to the, the king's coming back. The king's coming back. 
You know, I was on an airplane. I said in the first service, I was on a flight to Sweden. This lady said, I just don't know what's going on. I said, I know exactly what's going on. Israel will regather. Jerusalem was one back. And I began to take her through all the signs. She said, went and got another flight attendant. I said, tell them. I said, Israel's regathered. Jerusalem went back. Went down all the other signs. Get another flight attendant. We had a church service right there on an airplane. People want to know the answers, and you got the answers. name's Jesus. And once you go through all the signs, man, it just gets clearer and clearer and clearer. The signs are there to show you how close you are, not to scare you. There's nothing scary about signs. I mean, if, if I'm driving from here to Spokane, and it says, you know, 300 miles, and the next sign says 250, and the next sign says 200, I'm not going, oh, no, I know I'm getting closer to Spokane. Actually, the signs should bring me peace, you know what I'm saying? So, so, but yet when it comes to the Bible and you talk about science, people automatically, oh, it gets all weird and all goofy. No, it's just information to show you how near you are. You're near to getting a glorified body. Come on. Hallelujah. The stain of Adam being taken off this. You never gain weight again. Come on. Never get tired again. Glory to God. So we see the earth getting ready for all of this pressure to be put on it called the tribulation period. You know, I was talking to pastor last night. And we, we, the, the, two months ago, I was supposed to go. This is crazy. Two months ago, I was supposed to take a Jewish buddy of mine over into Petra, into Jordan, to show him where they're going to ta- he's going to take these guys midway through the trib. That's how close we are. We're taking all this equipment over there so that their satellites, their cell phones will still work. We're getting ready to send food and equipment and get ready because the Bible says midway through the trip, the Antichrist comes in and says, I'm God, and the Jews flee to, to Petra for safety. That's how close we are. We're getting ready to leave the planet. Well, good night, everybody. Drive safely. All right, here we go. Start the car. I'll be right there. Here we go. All right, let's look at some more. Let's go through them because there's so many. It's wonderful. Let's just buzz through a few of them real quick because I, I want us to get that. You've got Israel regathered. You've got Jerusalem one back. You've got the Hebrew language restored. Amazing, because God said, just before uh, I bring them back, I'll restore to them a pure language. Wow, they used to speak uh, everything else, and now they all speak Hebrew. Listen to this. 120 years ago, no one spoke Hebrew. Now they all speak Hebrew. Why? Because God said, I'll do that. They're not speaking Hittite, Amorite, Canaanite, but they're speaking Hebrew. Glory to God. It's a miracle. Google it. It's a miracle. After that, you got the fertility of the land of Israel. Uh, Mark Twain was there in the late 1800s. He said, the land is so desolate, it won't support life. Now, it produces 90% of the fruit for all of Europe. I mean, what if you ate an apple made in New Jersey, ate a pear made in New Jersey, ate a banana made in New Jersey? What if every piece of fruit you had came from New Jersey? You go, what's up with New Jersey? (laughs) Well, that's Israel. The land is so blessed, it overproduces. Because God said, I'll make it flourish. Wow, glory to God. Amazing, absolutely amazing. And then you got all this other stuff that's current. You got the revival of the Roman Empire. I mean, the EU, you can go from Norway to France. You don't have to go through passport control. So you have a platform for the Antichrist. I mean, you've got Emmanuel Macron. Uh, He's the president of France, and he's the president of the EU this year. Listen to what his name means. Emmanuel means God with us. Macron means the mark. He even looks like the the guy from the Mark of the Beast in the Left Behind series. I mean... (laughs) It's like, it's like, how obvious could this be? I know he's not revealed till we leave, but if he's not the Antichrist, he missed a wonderful opportunity. Because, I mean, he, he even said, my reign will be a Jupiterian reign. Now, you watch. The UK came out two days ago bringing some ways to make peace in Israel. You, you wait till Emmanuel Macron comes on the scene and goes, I got a perfect solution. And, man, if you see that happening, you better start looking up like this because we're, we're getting ready to get out of here. 
Because Jesus is coming. I'm telling you. So, so you have the revival of the Roman Empire. You have all that. You have the fertility of the land of Israel. You've got uh, the, the amazing things are you've got them right in front of you. The Temple Mount Institute. I don't really get a chance to talk about that a lot. But in the Temple Mount Institute, you've got a group of uh, uh, Jewish priests. Their last name's Cohen. They have everything ready for sacrifices. Last year, they did it on the edge of the Temple Mount and got arrested. The year before, they got arrested. A couple years ago, there was a, a, a Jewish uh, 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 mayor and uh, chief of police, and he let them do a sacrifice on the edge of the temple mount. I watched them cut the lamb right on his throat. People say, well, how are they going to rebuild the temple? They'll build a tent before they rebuild the temple. You can go into the Temple Mount Institute there in the old city, and you can see the video of what it's going to look like, and you look at all the stuff. They're ready. They have the, the oil of anointing. They have the red heifers. So they're in position, okay? So you've got foxes show up on the temple mount. Fish show up in the Dead Sea. You had the Dead Sea last fall turn blood red where Sodom and Gomorrah was. Guess what day that happened on? The Day of Atonement. Okay, I mean, it's just crazy. You have 172 different species of predatory birds start showing up in the land. Right after the Ezekiel 38 war, that happens just after the rapture. God calls on the fowl of the air to clean the land up. Seven years later at the Battle of Armageddon, he calls on the fowl of the air to clean the land up again. So you got the cleanup crew in Israel. I mean, they got to eat something. I mean, so, so, I mean, you should see the secular people, they're freaking out, like, what are all these species doing, or predatory birds coming to clean the land up? Cleanup crew. All right, that's as radical as that is. You've got so much more. You've got Russia goes into Crimea, Russia goes into the Ukraine, because it goes straight north. That's where the Bible says they're going to come from the north. And the Bible says in the Ezekiel 38 war, it's Russia, Iran, Turkey, and you, i got pictures on my phone of all of them forming a perfect alliance together. The Bible says they're going to come from the north, and you've got Russia and the Ukraine right now. The Bible says that God's going to wipe out 82% of Russia when they come down on Israel. Why? It's Old Covenant time. So God kind of does some things under Old Covenant time different during, during the church age. Wow, because he gave the church all authority. It's amazing. So you're seeing the setup for all that, and that happens after we leave. You, you had last week... Uh, Germany came out with all these documents showing where Russia wants to invade Germany in 2025. So the next day, this was last week, the next day, the, <laughs> NATO uh, upped 90,000 troops that they said they're going to send to the border to hold Putin back. I mean, this is the kind of stuff that came on Hitler. This is the kind of stuff that came on Mussolini. This is all going full circle. You're seeing all the stuff again. All it just tells you and I is we're getting very, very, very close to seeing Jesus. Now, these are all signs of the second coming and the rapture seven years before that. I think I'll hide behind the podium. <laughs> no, they're just all here. We'll, we'll go through a few more, but they're amazing. Absolutely amazing. You had uh, Bishop Malachi, Catholic bishop in the year 1129 A.D. He had a vision of every pope that would be on the earth all the way up to the second coming of the Lord. He got the coat of arms correct. Now, the coat of arms, if you saw a, a coat of arms in someone in England or Ireland or Scotland, very detailed, the pope would have a coat of arms on. And this guy got the coat of arms correct, 114 out of 114. The History Channel, this is where this was on. They said, statistically, that's impossible. Only a God can do that. There was a, he said 114 popes. Guess what the pope is we have right now? 114. Okay, that's statistically impossible. Only God can do that, okay? So that just tells us we're about to see Jesus. 
You had Russia rebuild the archway for Baal worship in Palmyra, Syria. That's where the Tower of Babel was. But the Talmud says that's the last sign you'll see before the coming of the Messiah. So you got sign after sign after sign after sign after sign showing us how close we are to the coming of the Lord. You got signals. You got blood red moons. You have Bethlehem star. You got all the stuff pointing to how close we are. Why? We're about to see Jesus. So what, what do we do as individuals? We don't fit, in, fit church into our life. It is our life. Like, Lord, what, what do you want me to do? What, Lord, what would you have me to do? This is a season of, of complete surrender. Don't you feel that? You know, wouldn't it be proper that we'd go, Lord, I, I've come to the very end of the church age. I'm all in. What do you want me to do? So with all these signs, as you get into it, it, it seems overwhelming, but all it is is information to show you how near you are. So it should produce joy because he loves you so much. How many of you are excited the night before you got married? I'd hope a lot of you. Come on. Well, it should be the same way about being raptured. Come on, we're about to see Jesus. So we finish up with this. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He's not mad at you, not frustrated with you. He wants to bless you. He wants to strengthen you. He wants you to finish your race in Jesus' style. And that style is resurrection. Walk in your dominion. Walk in the fullness of what Jesus gave you. You decree what you want over your household. Decree what you want over your family. Decree what you want over your church. Decree what you want over your nation. And walk in the fullness of what God's given you. And you watch. We'll have a fulfilling time right here before we leave the planet. I think we're going to have revivals where you take it from 7 to 9, you take it from 9 to 11, you take it from 11 to 1, you take it from 1 to 3. I believe we'll be having church 24 hours a day. It's going to be wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Now, I went through way too much stuff for the, for the end here, but we're about to see Jesus. Are you ready? Are you ready to see him? Come on. Are you ready to see those eyes of the flame of fire? Feet like undefined brass? Lord, we love you. We thank you for your goodness and your mercy. We're so grateful that you gave your life for us. We're in awe that you died for us. We let all of these signs push us and propel us to do your bidding and to do your will. Thanks for joining us for the message today. I trust it has been a blessing and a help to your life. You know, the most important thing we could ever do is to receive salvation, to receive eternal life. You know, Jesus died for our sins. He paid the price and it's available to every single one of us. Would you like to pray today? Say it from your heart, say it out loud. Dear God in heaven, I believe in you. I repent of my sins. I believe that Jesus died for me on the cross. He suffered in my place. He died so I could live. He was raised from the dead and he's alive today. I receive him now as my savior. I confess Jesus is Lord. Listen, friend, if you prayed that prayer with me today, congratulations, you're in, you're saved, you're right with God. I would love to hear from you so we can send you some additional material to help you in your walk and relationship with God. Please text the word SAVED to 208-314-2660. Also, I'd like to invite you to join us for a live service this coming Sunday and you are more than welcome to be here. Visit our website at lcboise.com for all of the current service times. Thanks again for joining us today. God bless you.